Hello and welcome to the ViperCast on the Vipers Fantasy Network. I'm Matt Dolly, and joining me as always, the one and only Miss Fantasy, Tara Roberts. How are you doing, Tara? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, It's playoff time. Gotta be doing good. It is playoff time, and I've been going through, I think I missed one or two playoffs out of the 30 or 40 leagues I was in, so I feel pretty good about that. Uh, a little bit of disappointment there. I'm missing out on some buys here on last week. Uh, last week of the season, that kind of cost me a few games there. And, you know, I'll, I'll just sit down in conversation with some of those fantasy players about how they kind of let me down uh, at the biggest time of the season. But, Tara, one thing I did notice, because we're going to talk starts and sits, we're going to talk about questions that have come through all week, and we're going to talk about rankings. And one thing that I noticed here through rankings is last week I had a top 10 finish. This week, Tara, on Fantasy Pros, top 15 finish there. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It would have been so much better if I didn't keep um, getting sold on wide receivers. But uh, yeah, uh, it's been a good ranking season. Thank you. I I appreciate that. As you can see over my shoulder here, that was my uh, number two finish back in 2021. I got a nice little trophy done up for that. But man, tight ends kill me every year. I cannot seem to rank a tight end for the save my life. So when we get to the rankings part of the tight end show, I'm just going to let you take over on that because whatever I say is probably going to be wrong when it comes to tight end position. I even have a bold call a little bit later that we'll talk about, which I know I am going to get eaten alive on Twitter and any other social media. But with that being said, we want to dive right in because it's a playoffs and people have questions. They want to get right in the show. So we're going to stop with the news and notes and we're just going to dive right into the meat and potato of this show. And starting off with that quarterback position, Tara, give me a quarterback that you're starting and a quarterback that you're sitting here in week number one. Uh, I am starting, uh, I'm starting Sam Howell. I'm starting Sam Howell, and I know it feels counterintuitive to start Sam Howell because, you know, the Rams have been on a bit of a hot streak here. But if there's one way that you do want to attack them, you can attack them through the air. We saw it with Lamar Jackson last week. And Sam Howell, the thing about Sam Howell, and you probably don't want to start any receivers with him, so I will not be pairing this with any um, Washington pass catchers to be um, starts with him. But Sam Howell just finds a way to get it done. Even if he's lacking in passing touchdowns, you can see him make it happen through his legs, get those rushing touchdowns. He just finds a way to produce. And when you're looking at Sam Howell, a lot of times I feel like there's just so much skepticism around him. But at this point in the season, we have more than enough sample size to really be able to, uh, you know, accurately say that Sam Howell is a reliable QB1. We have to come to terms with that. I know it's a little uncomfortable, but we have to come to terms with it. And this matchup against the Rams, man, they're gonna, there's going to be some points. Matt Stafford is on fire. He's thrown 10 touchdowns over the past um, three games. The entire Rams offense looks fantastic. Cooper Cup coming back to life. Puka Nakua being solid. Kyron Williams being excellent. And I think they're going to absolutely tear up this Washington defense. And as a result, you know, Sam Howell, he's going to have to chuck it. This is going to be another nice little 40 plus yard or 40 plus attempt performance from him. A little light work from Sam. So he'll get you 20 fantasy points easy. And then on the other side, you know, if you have, if you're starting Sam Howell, there's going to be a quarterback that you do not feel comfortable about here in week number 15 here, especially with those quarterfinals, whatever you want to call it of your fantasy playoffs. It's, it's tough to really find a sit, to be honest, because of the amount of injuries that we've had. You're looking at 
even a guy like you know, in deeper leagues, you're looking at a guy like Will Levis and saying, man, he has a good matchup. I might have to do it because there's not a lot of fantastic matchups for streaming options. Um, and someone who I would, I would sit if you have the option to, even though I have been very pro grabbing him off of waivers. Um, if you can't afford to do it right now, technically speaking, I would sit Jake Browning. I'm pro grabbing him off waivers and streaming him if you have to, just because again, we're talking about strong supporting casts. Um, he's looked fantastic. He's been efficient. So I'm not anti him. He's, you know, one of my top 10 waiver wire ads if you need him. But if you have the luxury of sitting him and maybe you're like deciding between him and a Geno Smith that, you know, could be coming back and dealing with injuries. If Geno Smith is back, I would go with Geno Smith over a guy like Jake Browning. So I would turn to other streaming options. I don't hate Jake Browning, but if you can avoid it this week in particular, Minnesota has been solid against the pass. Well, you did mention earlier, you kind of alluded to it, one of my starts this week, and that is Matthew Stavrick. I'm expecting fireworks here in Los Angeles when the Rams take on the Washington Commanders. The Commanders, they had their hands full this week. Stafford, he's coming to this week's contest, having just thrown for 295 yards and three touchdowns against one of the best pass defenses in the entire league there in the Baltimore Ravens. Washington, they're one of the worst defenses Altogether, not only in fantasy, but in the NFL. They're allowing over 266 passing yards per game. They're averaging 24.5 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Washington has a hard enough time defending one wide receiver. How are they going to defend two of them? They're in Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. Throw in Kyron Williams, who basically is the stir that um, basically is the straw that stirs his drink here in Los Angeles because since he returned three weeks ago, you talked about Matthew Stafford's 10 touchdowns, but he's also posted 23 or more fantasy points in each of those games. Now, for me, the one player that I'm sitting this week, I mean, I got a bunch of sits. We'll talk about that here a little bit later. But the one that really comes to my attention is Kyler Murray versus the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are allowing less than 13 fantasy points per game this season to the quarterback position and fewer than 12 over the last uh, four weeks. And that includes that 25-point performance there of Jalen Hurts in week number 13. So the thing that really, really bothers me here about Kyler Murray is the fact that he has that the 49ers have twice as many interceptions as they have passing touchdowns over the last four weeks, and neither Murray or his weapons are anything close to what Jalen Hurts has in Philadelphia. So this could be a very long day for this Cardinals offense. Now, Tara, before I get into my rankings here, there's some quick questions here. Rapid fire, Miss Fantasy style, if you will. And they're all quarterbacks here. PPR Dynasty, I give Justin Herbert, Travis Etienne, and Jordan Addison. I receive uh, HM and Jordan Love. He's not going to be keeping Addison, but he does need a quarterback. Do you make this deal for Jordan Love, knowing that Justin Herbert can't play this year? Or do you hold on to Justin Herbert and play the long game? Oh, man. I would hold on that. I would hold on that. Yeah, it really comes down to, do you really feel that you are a contender? If you're in a heavy, a high stakes maybe league there where there's a big purse involved, maybe you make this move. But I think you have to, I mean, Travis, for me, the biggest thing here is the Travis Etienne part of it. I'm not so worried about the Jordan Love for Justin Herbert. I do not want to move Travis Etienne. Um, Justin Fields, Sam Howell, or Joe Flacco, playoff time, baby. What do you got? 
<laughs> um, I'm super pro Sam Howell, but I would still go Justin Fields. Um, Justin Fields, I like what I saw last week. Coming off of that injury, we had two games where he was just kind of like ho-hum, like, oh, okay, I'm not really inspired. But last week, we saw him put things together. Um, he's got that rushing upside, and that's what you love to see. You know, he gets, you know, get a pass, uh, passing touchdown or two from or two DJ Moore. And then the rushing upside as well. I, I like Fields rest of season. I'm I'm sticking with him. All right. How about Russell Wilson or Tua Tugavaloa this week? Russ. Uh, <laughs> Tua would be Tua would be my theoretical sit. I am I do not believe in starting Tua Tugavaloa throughout the fantasy playoffs. It's a nightmare. Don't do it. We got a preview last, and that wasn't even a good def- or like a, that wasn't even a bad defensive matchup for Tua. Um, I I love Tua. I do as a person, but man, it just, it's so difficult when you're just straight up, not a mobile quarterback. There's no redeeming way for you to um, be able to get that upside in fantasy points. So it's, it's Russ. Sorry, Tua. Well, Tua's a little bit lower in my rankings this week than in previous weeks, but so was Patrick Mahomes. So would you start Patrick Mahomes or Jake Browning. I mean, I don't know if someone's trolling me or if this is a realistic question because I look at this, I'm like, I don't know what to make out of Patrick Mahomes recently. They basically, Kansas City Chiefs are basically on the errors tour while Taylor Swift is on her error tour, whatever you want to call it, errors tour. I don't even know what she's on. But either way, it's very similar. Um, I would still start Patrick Mahomes because Jake Browning is in a, um, it, it's not an ideal matchup. Um, Patrick Mahomes, though. No, he's going to have a good comeback game here. He is because the way that they're roasting him on social media, and I might be a part of that roasting. So the way that we are roasting him, um, he's got to have a good game to kind of deal with the shame of everything that has happened from that um, post-Buffalo issue. That, that's another show in itself right there. Uh, redraft, CJ Stroud. Do I drop CJ Stroud or Trevor Lawrence to pick up Sam Howell and start him this week? Oh man. These are good um, questions coming in here. I mean, mm. my, my mailbag has been filling up quickly, and these are tough ones to decide. It feels so risky dropping Trevor. Um, because if you drop Trevor, honestly, someone else is gonna pick him up. Um, and I'm not dropping CJ Shroud. I I would not drop Trevor for this week. Next week, he gets Tampa Bay. Um, that is an absolute light em up matchup. Baltimore is a difficult matchup, but as we saw with Matt Stafford, you can push volume because they're high-volume games. There's like back and forth that can happen here. Um, I would still I would still keep Trevor and start him, and then you hold on to CJ Stroud and hope he clears concussion protocol next week. All right. Rest of the season, which of these quarterbacks do you like the most? Tug of Aloha? Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, those are on my roster right now. And the waiver wire currently has Geno Smith, Jake Browning, Russell Wilson, and Will Levis. I would start, uh, I would still start Lawrence this week for the volume play. Uh, Goff, Goff is in, so Goff is not a good matchup here. So that's the only issue. There is a redeeming factor of him being back at, uh, uh, no, 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 he's not back at the dome. No, so not this week. Um, Goff is safe after this week. Sorry about that. And we're no to Goff this week. Start Trevor this week. Goff is fine. Rest of the way. All right. Help. Unfortunately, I lost Herbert, but I did pick up Joe Flacco and Kyler Murray. I was going to start Flacco this week. And if I survive, start Murray the rest of the way. What do you think? I lied. Let me revert that. Uh, Detroit is at home. Sorry. They're at home yes, in they the are. dome. Sorry. Um, <laughs> 
Oh man. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, I, I would still start Murray. I know people have these issues with Kyler Murray. San Francisco's pass defense is not that it's, it's not that not bad. as good as people think. Yeah. Wide receivers okay. definitely been scoring on him. Yeah. I'm okay with still starting Kyler. You know, he gets that rushing touchdown. He gets near that goal line and he wants it. So I'm still okay with starting Kyler. And I think you're fine wow. rest of season between Kyler and Flacco. All right, and final question for quarterbacks. If Geno Smith is healthy and he's playing the Philadelphia Eagles this week who have given up more fantasy points to wide receivers and quarterbacks this season, do you start Geno Smith, Matthew Stafford, or Justin Fields? Uh, I would still start Justin Fields. Um, Geno is obviously in an excellent matchup, but we've seen him fail in excellent matchups, so he is still risky. I would go with Fields. All right, and here are my quarterback rankings for week number 15. Number one, Jalen Hurts. Number two, Josh Allen. Number three, Dak Prescott, who's probably playing better than any quarterback right now. Number four, Matthew Stafford. Yes, I got Matthew Stafford way up my rankings in a beautiful matchup against Commanders. Number five, Lamar Jackson. Number six, Brock Purdy. Number seven, Jordan Love. The Buccaneers have allowed the second most passing yards in the NFL this season. They've yielded the fifth most fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. And Love, outside of last week, was averaging 22 points per game there in fantasy in the previous four contests. So I love Jordan Love here this week. Number eight, Justin Fields. Last week was the fourth time in Fields' last five games that he scored more than 21 fantasy points. You should feel good about him. Number nine, Russell Wilson. He had a respectable 18 fantasy points last week against the Chargers in a game that really wasn't a game. And over the last four weeks, I won't say that Russell's been cooking, but he has attempted the six most passes in the red zone there and produced 16 or more fantasy points in four of his last five. Number 10, Trevor Lawrence. I am a little bit cautious about him there. Bad ankle versus a defense that leads the league in sacks. They force as many interceptions this season as passing touchdowns allowed. And it gets worse because the Ravens have allowed the fewest touchdowns and the fourth fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. So little buyer beware there. Number 11, Patrick Mahomes. I am down on him compared to the consensus. I still have him in my top 12, but I think we have to look at what's been happening in the last few weeks. And we can't put him up any higher, in my opinion. Number 12, Sam Howell. You talk about why you're starting him. I, I agree with that. 13, Tugavaloa. Look, he struggled against the Titans, which is supposed to be a good matchup for quarterbacks. I'm hesitant when he plays against the New York Jets, which is a tough matchup. Number 14 is Kyler Murray. I talked about why. Number 15, Geno Smith. Number 16, I'm actually sleeping here using Jake Browning as my sleeper. Jake Frost nipping at the playoffs for the Bengals. After throwing for 374 yards, he followed that up with 275 yards. And I think he could do a very good game here this week, again, as far as fantasy is concerned. He's also completed 79.3% of his passes, which is the highest completion percentage by a quarterback in his first three career starts since we really kept track of that back in 1950. And 50 fantasy points over his last two contests. Jared Goff. Listen, he comes in at number 17 since week five. A stretch that included games against Josh Allen, C.J. Stroud, Jordan Love, and two against Patrick Mahomes. No quarterback has scored 18 fantasy points or more against this Denver Broncos defense. I'm not risking it there. 18 is Minshew, 19 is Baker Mayfield, and number 20, Joe Flacco. Now turning your attention to the running back position, Tara, give me a start and give me a sit. Um, For a start, we're um, going with Ty Chandler. We're assuming that Alexander Madison is – not going to be available for this game. We'll get confirmation here, probably confirmation by the time this show goes out. But if Ty Chandler is the lead back, and I assume that it will be the lead back because when we're looking at the remainder of the running backs on that roster, yes, you know, Kine Mungu, yeah, I, 
may maybe there can be some level of competent or of contribution from him, but I don't really think there's going to be uh, massive production there. I think we're going to see a decent amount of the workload, um, the bulk of the workload, go to Ty Chandler. And when he's been giving volume, when he's had opportunities, he's been productive. I feel like he's someone that, you know, if he's the lead back, we can feel safe with him getting a solid 10 fantasy points, maybe a little bit more. And we're looking at this matchup with Cincinnati. It's a positive matchup here. Um, and it's a game that should remain um, somewhat competitive. Nick Mullins is definitely a question mark, but because <laughs> Cincinnati's, yeah, but because Cincinnati's defense has been um, so vulnerable this season, I think it'll remain fairly competitive and not get out of hand here. So uh, Ty Chandler, I think we're looking at him as someone that can get volume on the ground, have some goal line opportunities, and then pass catching upside as well. So all in all, it could be a strong week from him. Um, a sit if you if you can afford to. Um, if not, I understand it because I have a league where I've got to start it. Um, but if you're in a more shallow league and you have the ability to sit Javante Williams, I would um, I would not be um, hesitant to do so. He's coming off of a strong game against the L.A. Chargers. Uh, but again, he got a touchdown in that game. And that was something that has actually been an anomaly. And when I say an anomaly, it was the first one of him um, from his first rushing touchdown of the year for him. So it was an extreme anomaly. Without that touchdown, all we're looking at is just a solid, what, 10 fantasy points. And that's cool. That's fine. But it's not a ton of upside that we would really want from Javante Williams. And the problem is, is that it's also a bad matchup. Um, for every bit that Detroit has been lit up through the air, they've been stout on the ground. These these games tend to be aggressive shootouts, especially when they're in the dome. We talked about that high volume and there might not be a ton of volume on the ground for Javante in this one. So it's a little bit riskier this week. I like the Ty Chandler reference there as a start this week, because I took a lot of heat for being down on Alexander Madison at the beginning of the season. I don't know if you remember me talking about that. I think I used the term that Alexander Madison can't run the ball, and he's not even the best pass-catching back on this team. And that kind of ruffled some feathers there from Minnesota fans. But truth be told, Tyler Chandler is a pretty darn good back going back to his Tennessee and North Carolina days. Now, for me, my start of the week, it's Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Minnesota Vikings. On paper, this is not a great start. This is not one of those things you look at like, hey, Minnesota's allowing all these fancy points to running backs. Actually, they've been pretty good. They're allowing less than 18 fancy points per game. They just held Josh Jacobs to under 40 yards rushing last week. But I'm not worried about what the Minnesota Vikings have been doing. I'm going to tell you about what the Cincinnati Bengals team has been doing. Mixon and Chase Brown have totaled 408 yards and four touchdowns over the last two games. Listen, Mixon has 125 yards and 23 touches there last week against a very good Colts defense, scoring on the ground and accumulating 20 fantasy points on the day. Now, we continue to see Mixon involved, especially down on the goal line, as five carries were inside the five, which led all ball carriers last week. And he's seen 15 carries inside the red zone over the last four weeks. Sure, Brown, he's factoring in here a little bit there. Chase Brown, that is with a season-high 30% of the rushing attempts. However, the all-important goal line carries, they still belong to Joe Mixon. And I guarantee you, this team is going to be on the goal line on several occasions here again this week. Now, my sit, it is going to be Kenneth Walker against the Philadelphia Eagles. They are facing this Eagles run defense. It is good. However, their passing defense, not so much. I mean, you could pass on this Philadelphia Eagles team, but... Walker, he's returning from that oblique injury. In week number 14, he was a non-factor against the 49ers. A lot of the running backs are non-factors against the run, uh, 49ers there. Eight carries, 21 yards. But here's the kicker. 
This was the third time in his last four games in which Walker's been held under 25 rushing yards. Meanwhile, Charbonnet still led this team in carries. He had 44 yards of his own on the ground. This is a split backfield, no matter how you want to look at it. And I expect that the Seattle Seahawks are going to come out throwing this game because Eagles, good against the run, horrible against the pass. If you want to beat this Eagles team, you have to be able to throw the ball. Now, Tara, let's hit that mailbag. Let's talk some running back questions here, starting with pick three of James Conner, HN, Mitchell, Javante Williams, and then throw in a couple of flex here in Calvin Ridley, Tajay Spears, or Deontay Foreman. A lot here to kind of decipher. It is quite a lot. Um, Eileen, HN, because of the matchup, the Jets, the best way to attack them has been on the ground. We saw Raheem Mostert have a strong game against them in the last matchup against the Jets. Obviously, Raheem Mostert kind of operating as the lead back here, but I would expect Achan to dip into some of that opportunity in a good matchup. Um, very unlike last week when Tennessee was not a good matchup. So I expect a little bounce back here, and I do Achan. Um, Connor for volume, and then I would lean towards um, take that risk on Calvin Ridley. All right, half PPR, Achan, Montgomery, Joe Mixon, and James Cook. Who do you sit out of those four? Oh, man, half PPR. Um, I I would lean towards sitting David Montgomery. I know it feels uncomfortable. James Cook has been um, having strong performances. A-Chan obviously has massive upside. Safest option there really is Joe Mixon in terms of the volume he's had and the reliance on the run. Montgomery, things are starting to kind of tilt Gibbs way. I think Montgomery's still a fine back, so it's not a, a void situation, but I would probably lean towards Montgomery be the one. All right, need a flex play here between Austin Eckler, Mitchell, Chris Godwin, or Antonio Gibson. Who's your call? Oh, I would do Eckler. Um, I, Are we still on the Eckler been... train? No, no, but in that list, yeah. <laughs> All right, we have a waiver wire question. Add Chase Brown, Donta Foreman, Devin Singletary, but I would have to drop Rashawn Johnson and or Damian Pierce. Full PPR. Well, uh, considering that Foreman is the lead back in Chicago over Roshan, yeah, I'd absolutely do that. Um, yeah, um, I have a waiver wire video. Actually, any show that I did this week, more than likely I dove into this specifically. Um, I know that for a fact. If I dropped a video, including waivers or running backs, I promise you um, that is in there. Go take a look on why we need to be rostering Foreman over Roshan and Khalil Herbert. So Foreman, get him. Absolutely. Uh, well, I have no great options at running back due to injuries or the schedule, but I need two of these four. Brian Robinson, Mitchell, Kenneth Walker, or Aaron Jones. Two of the four. Um, well, we're crossing our fingers that Brian Robinson is coming back, so I would go Robinson and Walker. Uh, Aaron Jones, <sighs> yeah, more than likely coming back this week. He seemed close last week, but we know he'll come back limited, so we know that there's literally a very low ceiling unfortunately yeah i'm kind of leaning here i don't like many of these options i might go brian robinson and aaron jones if i'm predicted to win but if i'm an underdog i might go mitchell here and just hope for a home run here better off in this week now who's more droppable with three weeks left in the season zach charbonnet or Najee harris he's currently rolling with kyron williams and chuba hubbard um it's it, sharbs is still the more droppable one unfortunately um again he is he is, it's not really the same situation as a kind of a split committee, um, like the way that Najee is in, because um, when we look at Zach Charbonnet, he truly is really the one B at best to 
uh, Kenneth Walker. I do expect Walker to kind of increase in snaps. We saw Walker getting um, work in the receiving game as well, so that's not a good sign for Charbonnet. He really needs to be the guy that's getting the bulk of that third down work, the bulk of the um, receiving work. So it's it's Charbonnet that's the most droppable. And just um, keep Najee because he's got that touchdown upside. All right. Well, here are my week 15 rankings at the running back position. At number one, Christian McCaffrey, followed by Kyron Williams, Bijan Robinson, and Alvin Kamara. At number five, Rashad White. Once again, White finished as a top five running back in fantasy. When are people going to start to learn, Tara, to put some respect on Rashad White's name? It seems like everyone's like, should I start Rashad White or should I start uh, Devin Singletary? I mean, come on. It's Rashad White. It's that, it's that, It's not that hard. 21 carries, 102 yards on the ground. He also added 33 yards receiving. I mean, his up his floor does not even include his pass catching ability, which is where he get all your fancy production. He's actually been really good on the ground. 6.7 yards per carry, 4.3 yards per carry, 4.1 yards per carry. This was the biggest knock of Rashad White at the beginning of the season, and now he is producing. And this week, Terry, you're a Packers fan. You know you can run on this Packers team. They are giving up the second most yards rushing per game, 141.8. So expect another productive day from White. Number six, Derrick Henry. Fun fact. Derrick Henry has 433 snaps this season. Tajay Spears has 437. Just something to kind of throw out there I thought was interesting. Number seven, Saquon Barkley. Number eight, Joe Mixon. Number nine, Brees Hall. People, I told you to start him last week. Hopefully you listened, even though things did not look good. Number nine, Tony Pollard. Number, sorry, Tennis Pollard. Number 11, Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm sticking with Elliott because volume matters. That and the Patriots have nothing else on the offensive side of the ball. Elliott played 91% of the snaps, 22 carries, 8 targets. Expect Elliott to get some yards early on against the Chiefs team. That's allowing 4.8 yards per carry. And then that game script is going to flip, and then he's going to get involved in the passing game and probably, probably be the feature option for this Patriots team. Number 12, Travis Etienne. 13, Raheem Mostert. 14, Jameer Gibbs. 15, James Cook. We talked about him at the beginning of the show there a little bit. Since Joe Brady took over at offensive play calling uh, calls, Cook is averaging 20 fantasy points per game with at least 16 in each of the last three. He's the RB1 each time out over that period of time and RB3 since week number 14. Now, he may not get a lot of rushing attempts here this week against a very good Dallas team, but I expect him to be heavily involved in this Bills passing offense. Number 16, Devin Achan. Hey, he could be higher. He could be lower. I don't know what to expect out of Achan from week in and week out, but I know he's explosive and he doesn't need a whole lot to score. Number 17, Austin Eckler. I'm nine spots lower than the consensus when it comes to Eckler. I don't like how this Chargers team is trending right now as far as fantasy is concerned. Number 18, DeAndre Swift. Call him a sleeper. Call him whatever you want. It's been a bad couple weeks, so I get why people are down on him. Two weeks ago, 13 yards on six carries. He followed that up with 39 yards on 11 carries. That was against San Francisco and Dallas. Those are two of the top five run defenses in fantasy. This week, Seattle. They are allowing 30 fantasy points per game to the running back position. And we just saw Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's good, but you should not be able to get 145 yards on just 15 carries. Number 19, David Montgomery, 20. Javante Williams, 21. Zach Moss, 22. Chuba Hubbard, 23. Jerome Ford, 24. Brian Robinson, 25. Keaton Mitchell. Mitchell's becoming more involved in this Ravens offense. He's led the Ravens backfield and carries and targets in two straight games. He scored 10.9 to 7.2 fantasy points in the last two games. 
but he is as explosive as any player in the backfield. And this Jaguars team over the last two weeks, they've allowed 207 yards on the ground, 87, 83 receiving yards, and three rushing scores. That's been adding up to 29.5 fantasy points per game for running backs. Number 26, Devin Singletary. 27, Ty Chandler. Maybe a little bit low. 28, Dante Foreman. He may be creeping up here a little bit higher in the next few days. 29, James Conner. Don't like him. Tough matchup against San Francisco. San Francisco basically phases out running backs. 30 is Najee Harris. 31, I have uh, Aaron Jones. 32, Kenneth Walker. 33 through 36 are Jalen Warren, Zach Charbonnet, Clyde edwards Slayer, and Miles Sanders, who surprisingly was able to produce last week, which caught me completely off guard. Now, Tara, let's turn our attention to the wide receiver position here. Who do you got starting? Who do you got sitting? Uh, I'm sitting, or I'm starting Jalen Waddle. I know I talked horribly about Tua and how we are not starting Tua, but that has nothing to do with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle because Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can produce fine fantasy games while Tua lays an egg. It's just how it works out in terms of fantasy points statistically. Um, in the last matchup, we've got a fairly recent sample size, obviously, here in the mass matchup of Jalen Waddle against the New York Jets. Caught all eight of his targets. 114 yards. It's good to see that nice volume there. He's consistently had eight targets over the past um, four games. So we're feeling like at least we're seeing good volume from him. And it was nice to see him be productive with it. And again, when we're looking at that defense, obviously the Jets defense, very solid, the entire secondary. But we know Sauce is going to be looking at Tyreek Hill, and that opens up opportunities for Jalen Waddle. Um, Tyreek will be fine in his own. We're not worried about Tyreek, but we're talking about the upside for Jalen Waddle. My sin of the week, and I hate to do this because he's coming off of um, a fantastic game. Finally, thank you, Drake London. Uh, 10 receptions, 11 targets. Um, just an ungodly 172 yards. It's while, while that is obviously the talent of Drake London, it's not the talent of Desmond Ritter. It is the combination of the talent of Drake London and Tampa Bay's past defense being horrible. Absolutely horrible. You can just light them up all season long. You want to place bets on who to light up. It is Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. Just light it up in terms of wide receivers and quarterbacks. So when we're looking at um, Drake London, he's going to the little literal opposite matchup within the division here so in the division of the, uh, the nfc south you light it up against tampa bay you are shut down against carolina if carolina can do nothing the only thing that they can do is stop the pass um and there have been some players like mike evans you know you can have still a, a nice a strong game against them if you have obviously um a high level of talent and a competent quarterback, but that's where the issue comes in for Drake London. He doesn't have the competent quarterback. I don't believe that he'll be able to take advantage of this Carolina secondary, which is absolutely stacked. I anticipate this will be sadly another disappointing um, week for Drake London, unfortunately. Well, if you're going to be disappointed in Drake London, one player you should be pleasantly surprised with, and I'm probably again higher on him than most this week. It is Zay Flowers who has posted back to back 20-plus performances here in Fassie. Back in Week 12, Flowers, he would end up with a rushing and a receiving touchdown against the Chargers. Last week, he once again found his way to the end zone, 60 yards receiving against the Los Angeles Rams. In each of those previous contests, Flowers had five or more receptions and eight-plus targets in each of them. This week, he has a top-five fantasy matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have allowed more than 41 fantasy points 
per game to wide receivers over the last four weeks. And that includes 16 touchdowns to wide receivers this season. And by the way, Odell Beckham Jr., he's also a solid play. Now, more on him a little bit later. Now, my sit of the week, it is Keenan Allen. Now, we are just crapping all over some of our favorite players this week. But I am following the, the money here. I'm, I'm trending here. I'm not. Just, I'm taking my heart out of this all together. I'm using my head. Herbert, he was lost last week to that injury, and now we're trusting Easton Stick, who's now going to be under center with Max Crosby, probably the best, if not one of the top three pass rushers in the entire NFL. And yes, I know he isn't practicing, but he's going to be on that field. Once Herbert left last week, Keenan Allen's fantasy manager's hopes and dreams basically went away with that. Allen, he still had six catches for 68 yards, but the Chargers, they had nothing. And this Raiders defense since Antonio Pierce took over, they've been playing much better. Tenth stingiest defense against opposing wide receivers, allowing just 30.77 per game. And back in week number four, Allen was held to a season low in receptions, targets, and yards. Now, this is not just a one-time thing for Keenan Allen against this Raiders team. Look at his history with them. Allen has 70 or less receiving yards now back-to-back. -back. And recently, the Raiders, they defended Allen, holding him under 90 yards in six straight games. They held him under 70 yards in five of their last six matchups. You have to go all the way back to November 8th, 2020, to find a game in which Keenan Allen had more than 100 yards receiving against his Raiders team. Temper your expectations when it comes to Keenan Allen this week. Now, Tara, let's hit the mailbag for the wide receivers because there's questions that people have. And one of them is one of my favorite ones right off the get-go. First off, you cannot go wrong with either player that you take here, DK Metcalf or Cooper Cup. If Geno Smith is back, I can lean towards DK Metcalf because of the matchup. Um, otherwise, if it's not DK, then I'll go with Cup. Absolutely. I mean, that's a key word there, Geno Smith. And especially when we take a look at my rankings, Geno Smith has a lot to do with everything here. I mean, it's Drew Locke we're talking about otherwise. Now, start three in PPR, Jamar Chase. My man, Zay Flowers, Drake London, who's on your sit list, or Brandon Cooks. Who do you got? Who's sitting? Uh, oh, sorry, and, and Ridley's in there, too. Calvin Ridley's in there as well. So we're starting. Who's one, two, three, four. So we're starting three. Right. Uh, the three that I would start are Jamar. Well, I know he had a bad game. We always start Jamar. We never never bench Jamar. Jamar, Ridley, and, and Flowers. Never bench Jamar. Ever, ever, ever. All right. Another uh, loyal listener asks, can't believe I'm asking this question, but Justin Jefferson, if he plays, or Marquise Brown, or Deontay Johnson? Oh, we're going Justin Jefferson. Look, um, remember when A-Chan came back from that injury and immediately got injured and then came back from the injury again and then went off? That's what we're having from Justin Jefferson this week. This is his post-post-injury boom game. All right, Terry, you ready? You got your listening ears on on this one because it's a long one. Need three wide receivers, half PPR. Keenan Allen, Amonra St. Brown, Puka Nakua, Nico Collins, Gabe Davis, or JSN. Uh, waiver wire is pretty thin. Can he trust Keenan Allen here, or can he start one of these other guys? Demario Douglas, uh, Wilson, and Moore from Arizona, Hyatt, Gallup, they're also waiver wire options. I mean, I'll start right now. Puka Nakua and Amon St. Brown, they're starting. So we're looking at that yeah. third start yeah. at the wide receiver position. Well, um, unfortunately, I would start um, – well, not even unfortunately. I would start Keenan Allen all day, any day over Gabe Davis because I know even with any Never Gabe Davis. 
at the very least. I know Keenan Allen will never get, he would have to go down on the first play of the game to get zero fantasy points. So we're going Keenan Allen over Gabe Davis. I get Jason in the matchup, but um, yeah, just go ahead and start Keenan Allen. Don't wait on, um, don't wait on Nico. Cause unfortunately I just, per, I don't know. I feel like concussion protocol with um, CJ Stroud is not going to be a good result this week, unfortunately. So just plan to be without. All right. Which wide receiver would you rather be without this week, Jalen Waddle or OBJ? OBJ. All right. Need three PPR, OBJ, Chris Godwin, Rasheed Rice, Khalil Shakir, or Zay Jones. Which three are you starting? Man, Odell working his way up into. I did a Fantasy Bros ranking show today, and um, well, I should not tell the same joke twice. Well, I shouldn't even. I should have just made the same joke and let this be the first time. Theoretically, it was the original joke. We're we're switching Odell's name here. Um, you know how we have playoff Lenny. We're revoking that from Lenny. He's no longer playoff Lenny. We're giving it to playoff Odell. But we got to come up with something clever. He's got. It's now playoff Odell because this is what he does now. It's just Odell. Late in the season, he gets his little groove and goes off. So um, we're going with um, Odell, Godwin, and Rasheed Rice. All right. With that being said, here are my top 50 wide receivers. C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. Hey, if you can score with Drew Locke, then I'm definitely going to put you in my starting lineup there. At number three, with Geno Smith as a caveat there, he has to play for this to work this way. And despite being ejected in the game against the 49ers, Metcalf has 13 or more fantasy points in four of his last five games. Number four, Tyreek Hill. You're putting him in top five no matter what. Number five, Michael Pittman. Do I have to continue to call out Michael Pittman every single week? He's right in there. Must start. Don't even question it anymore. Michael Pittman, put him in your starting lineup. Number six, Cooper Cup against a tough Ravens secondary. Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua each came away with five catches, 80-plus yards, eight targets, and at least 13 fantasy points. The Washington Commanders are not the Baltimore Ravens. They've allowed 2,580 receiving yards, 20 touchdowns this season, and they're giving up over 42 fantasy points per game to the position. Number seven, Amonra St. Brown, eight, Jamar Chase. Number nine, Debo Samuel. Number 10, Puka Nakua. Number 11, Zay Flowers. 12, Chris Olave. 13, Stefan Diggs. Hey, I get it. But guess what? He hasn't produced double-digit fantasy points in more than a month, like two months now. You cannot put him in your top 12. Number uh, 14 is Mike Evans. 15, DJ Moore. Number 16, Cortland Sutton, who has found the end zone in seven of his last eight games, 10 times in 13 games this season. He's only been held three games this year without a touchdown and just one with fewer than nine fantasy points. Meanwhile, Detroit, they're allowing the fourth most fantasy points or sorry, the, mo the fourth most yards to wide receivers since week number 10 and the second most touchdowns. Number 17, Garrett Wilson, 108 yards, 20 fantasy points. Zach Wilson returned. You're starting Garrett Wilson. 18, Justin Jefferson. I'm a little bit lower on him, but he's still a solid wide receiver too. I baked in the injury risk into this ranking. 19, Brandon Ayuk. 20, Devontae Adams. 21, Devontae Smith. 22, Drake London. A little bit higher than you, Tara, when it comes to Drake London. 23, Odell Beckham Jr., old Beckham Jr. Uh, you can take away your junior right out of there right now because he's in like a senior type role here for the Ravens, but he's getting the job done, averaging 13 and a half fantasy points since week number nine. 24, Keenan Allen, back end, wide receiver two. That leaves me at 25, Terry McLaren, DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Waddle, who I'm a little bit lower than you are there, Amari Cooper, Rasheed Rice, number 30, Jaden Reed. Reed ran the ball four times, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Saw us team high 10 targets, eight catches, 27 yards. Hey, it's got the whole Julian Edelman type vibe going on for Jaden Reed. Uh, 31, JSN. 32, Deontay Johnson. 33, Wandell Robinson. 
34, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Can't trust him right now. 35, Tyler Lockett, 36, T. Higgins, 37, Calvin Ridley. You know why he's down here. 38, Curtis Samuel, 39, Brandon Cooks, 40 and 41 are Romeo Dobbs and Adam Thielen. 42, Jordan Addison. Nick Mullins, he replaces Josh Dobbs, who targeted Addison just one time on his 13 attempts. Justin Jefferson basically confirmed that he's coming back this week. Listen, Addison has been held under 10 fantasy points in three straight games. It's going to be four straight after this week. Jacoby Myers at 43, and to round out the rest of the 50, Chris Godwin, Josh Palmer, Noah Brown, Josh Dobbs, Zave Jones, Jackson Smith, oh, sorry, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Alec Pierce. Now, Tara, what? Tight ends here. Tight ends matter. What do you got? Yes, tight ends matter. You mentioned, uh, it's so funny. Like, I guess uh, I'm going to rebrand myself a little tight end guru because my rankings for the tight ends have been steady solid all season long. Um, yeah, we're going to do a, t- I'm going to do a streaming tight end combination here of Ooh. my start and sit. I will start Tucker Craft and I yes. will sit. Cade Otten. I knew that that might make people a little uncomfortable because Cade Otten has been, you know, he's been a fine streaming option, but unfortunately he's a volatile streaming option. He's not a high target guy. When you're sitting there in an offense behind Mike Evans, who even in tough coverage just dominates, he gets his. There's no, I'm going to, unless you're, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, which, you know, is not happening right now. Um, Unless you're Marshawn Lattimore, you're not shutting down Mike Evans. So he's on a roll. He's dominating. You've got Chris Godwin as well, who's been a little bit disappointing, but he's still the wide receiver too in that offense. And then you've got Rashad White, who is obviously, you talked about him, he is dominating in terms of that um, receiving upside that he offers. So Cade Otten is just not a highly reliable option. You can stream him, but you're lucky if you get double-digit fantasy points. I know we had that fantastic two-touchdown game, but that was an anomaly. That is not the norm here. I like the reliability of Tucker Craft within the context of this Green Bay offense. We do have touchdown up, upside and opportunity. We're also looking at the possibility of both Dontavian Wicks and Christian Watson potentially being out or at the very least limited because we know whenever Green Bay brings players back from injury, they don't come back full swing. So even if we get Aaron Jones and Christian Watson back this week, they're not coming out to massive snap counts. So I think that we're going to see a little bit more um, reliance on Tucker Craft, And he's been solid. He's looked good. And a lot of times when we're looking at him, like Luke Musgrave obviously was an um, elite prospect. But Tucker Craft was no slouch. His, his receiving profile was awesome as well. Maybe a little bit more um, proven than Luke Musgrave. So we're looking at a guy who is a clear tight end one for Jordan Love in an offense where he will have red zone opportunities and he has a nice little baseline there in a great matchup with Tampa Bay, an excellent, excellent matchup. So I like all of those things. I like Tucker Craft if you need a streaming option this week. Well, I'm going to give you my start and my, hey, you don't have to worry so much type player here this week my start is going to be isaiah likely who's coming this one red hot riding a five catch performance that resulted in a touchdown in 83 yards i mean 54 of them came on one play but more importantly 19 fantasy points last week against the los angeles rams this week likely faced the jaguars team that's allowing 14 fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends and we just watched david and joe could go for 27 fantasy points two touchdowns 91 receiving yards just a week ago now my sit i guess this week 
It's bold. I know you're not going to do it. You're not going to sit Travis Kelsey, but you should temper your expectations. What I'm saying here, if you are going against Travis Kelsey in the first round of the fantasy playoffs, it, you're not at that big of a disadvantage. You could probably plug Tucker Craft into your lineup and get similar production and not feel like you're going to get beat at the tight end position this week. I guess that's the best way, Tara, for me to put it because I look at the numbers. The Patriots, they're allowing just 8.63 fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends over the last four weeks, which is the seventh fewest. They're also allowing just nine fantasy points per game this season altogether, which happens to be the fifth fewest, and they've given up just one touchdown all season long. Outside of Rasheed Rice, there's no one out there to take your attention away off of Travis Kelsey, except maybe, maybe Taylor Swift, and we know Bill Belichick ain't no Swifty, so I'm not worried about Bill Belichick not paying attention to Travis Kelsey. I get he's still the tight end one in fantasy, but that gap, that gap is actually closed in this season, closer this year than it has been in years past. And here's the thing. He has not topped 95 receiving yards in six straight games, and he's been held out of the end zone in five of the last six. So there's a very good possibility that you're looking at a tight end who's going to get you probably his 10 fantasy points, but he's not going to give you that Travis Kelsey type performance where you're going to feel like he's going to beat you himself in your playoff matchup. Now, Tara, let's hit the mailbag real quick. We've got three or four questions here. Likely McBride or Dalton Schultz if he plays. It's McBride. I hate sitting likely, but it is McBride. All right. Full PPR. Aconquo, Fryermuth, or Otten this week? I, I would take my chance and hope that um, we can get a nice little out output from Pat Fryermuth. All right, and last one for tight ends. Full PPR, pick two. I guess it's more of a flex play here than anything. Deontay Johnson, Gabe Davis, Isaiah Likely, or Taysom Hill. Pick two of them. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Deontay with the touchdown. So I guess we're going with Deontay on this little touchdown mini streak. Um, and Isaiah Likely. Yeah, we weren't going to consider Gabe Davis there no matter what. Uh, for my Week 15 rankings, they are as follows. TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta, George Kittle, Trey McBride, David Njoku, Isaiah Likely, and Travis Kelsey. See, I'm not hating on him too much. I mean, it's lower than most people have him, but hey, he's still a top seven tight end. Number eight, Evan Ingram. He's had a couple good weeks in a row, but the Ravens are along the ninth fewest fantasy points, two tight ends this season. And Trevor Love, he's still got one leg that he's working on. Uh, number nine, Jake Ferguson. Number 10, Dallas Goddard. Number 11, Tucker Craft. Number 12, Logan Thomas, who I like this week. Only five other teams are allowing more fantasy production over the last four weeks than the Rams. And only the Texans, Broncos, and Bengals have allowed more than 14 fantasy points on the season. That's pretty impressive. Los Angeles, they've also yielded 773 yards, 63 receptions, and a league-high seven touchdowns to court, uh, tight ends this season. And we already told you this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Uh, number 13, Dalton Kincaid. 14, Kyle Pitts. 15, Brevin Jordan. I'm not counting on Dalton Schultz being there this week. 16, Cole Komet. 17, Hunter Henry. 18, Pat Fairmuth. 19, Chigakonkle. Don't look now, but Okonkle has been getting involved in this Titans offense. Monday night's win, he hauled in five of six targets against the Dolphins for 46 yards. Teams have targeted this Houston Texans team with their tight end 113 times this season, resulting in 84 receptions and 84 yards. That's 14.14 fantasy points per game. If you want a sleeper, it's Chigakonkle. And number 20, Taysom Hill. Now, Tara, I'm just going to whip off here the, the uh, DSTs and the kickers. Miami, Kansas City, Cleveland, San Francisco, Dallas, Baltimore, Indianapolis, New Orleans, Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Denver, Las Vegas, Minnesota, and New York Jets. And for the kickers, Brandon Aubrey, he has been nailing them from 60-plus yards, so he's got to be number one. 
followed by Jake Moody, Jake Elliott, Justin Tucker, Harrison Butker, Tyler Bass, Jason Sanders, Matt Gay, Blake Groupie, Riley Patterson, Will Lutz, Young Hoku, Greg Joseph, Cameron Dicker, and Evan McPherson. Now, Tara, we got all kinds of mailbags, but you got your own mailbag going on there as well with Roto Underworld. Where can people find you? Where can they get these questions? And where can they find your rankings as you are the number 14th ranker in week number 14? Thank you, Matt. Uh, you can uh, you can find everything. I finally got organized, people. I got organized. You can find everything in my Twitter. And um, there's a link in there to a link tree. It gives you all of my content. I've got a link in there to my rankings as well. So everything, my podcast, the Dear Miss Fantasy Show, all right in there. That's everywhere. That's We're talking CBS here. We're talking fantasy pros. We're talking fantasy alone. We're talking anything with the word fantasy in it. That's where you can find Tara. It's, it's really that simple. And by the way, if you want more information here, head over to Roto Baller here. You'll get my starts and sits each and every week on their YouTube channel. Check out the Vipers Network here each and every week. We are dropping new material almost daily here. So you do not want to miss that. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. And make sure to check us out. And drop the questions in the comments below because we're going to get to those as well. For Tara, I'm Matt Dolly, and we're going to see you next week.